So I've got a question about uh, distinctions between energy body and gross physical body, and then sort of wondering about um, ideas like breath body, and then maybe I doesn't feel necessary to my question, but I've heard of astral body and causal body. Um, what I'm in general, what I'm noticing is that there's you know this subtle sense of what I personally come to understand as energy body uh, when there's less hindrances um, and when I'm moving more slowly and cultivating kind of appreciation. Um, in, in general, the practices we're doing feel like they're giving a lot more energy to the system. So with that, feels like a lot more restlessness, or at least noticing a lot more restlessness. So um, and that's just as an aside. Really. The main point of the question is um, noticing quite a few times where the sense of um, breath body or energy body, I'm not sure the distinction, seems, uh, seems pretty large and subtle and lovely and physical body is like uh, contracting and uh, maybe I'd call it pity but it, it feels kind of um, sensing it's unpleasant rather than pleasant like quite intense so it kind of feelings like um, you know, like a like sort of drowning feeling, like when everything's pretty still. Um, the physical breath is very shallow and stuttery and jerky. And um, and there is a sense of kind of like what I'm calling pity around that. But I'm sensing that as unpleasant at the same time. I'm sensing kind of I'm sensing the energy body, breath body as being very pleasant out there. <coughs> longer and I wasn't so engrossed in all the talks and, and just have a lot more quiet time I'd probably work my way around it. Um, but as it is um, I guess don't, do I have a question? Is question? <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my question to you. <laughs> uh, which you don't have to but but is there a question? Okay. In um, what are the useful distinctions around um, physical or gross body and energy body? And and perhaps what to do with this funny mixture of feelings that's going on here. Okay, so um, so Lawrence is is saying, um, f correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> there's this thing called the energy body, which sometimes you experience as kind of light and pleasant, and and then there's the um, physical body and uh, more gross sensations. And then there's also, you've heard of things like the astral body and, and things like that. And what, what, what's the distinction there? Is there a distinction? It's part of one question. And then secondly, practically speaking, sometimes it feels like out here, you said, the energy body feels really nice. How far out are we talking? Um, in the hall yesterday, maybe yeah, okay. Um, yesterday, looking out the window, it was kind of like having a go, okay, can I get it to reach the tree? Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 
how did that go? <laughs> Okay, so we're talking quite wide here. And, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's a sense that out there, somehow, it's, it's really quite nice and rarefied and subtle and pleasant. And something in here, and you're not quite sure what, feels difficult. Yeah, particularly around breathing and kind of sometimes jerky sensations. And is the body actually moving in jerky sensations? So, um, in terms of the conceptual distinctions, um, I don't know the answer. Um, in a way, I'm not sure how much it matters. You know, I, I again, it's like I feel like, oh, now we're a little bit stuck with this word energy body, which um, maybe if I go back a few years, I would come up with a different different because it's more a way of a way of seeing like everything else a way of relating so sometimes this this space feels um feels more like a field of energy and light and pleasant and maybe that's where it got its name um but that partly comes from a way of paying attention to it okay it partly comes as a reflection of what's going on emotionally and uh, energetically etc um, but at other times, it can it can be very dense, dense in a problematic way, and dense also in a lovely way. You know, so I think we touched on this you and I last retreat. Is that there's a whole spectrum to what it can feel like in terms of density or insubstantiality. All of that's energy body. It's just the way I'm kind of uh, the way I'm relating to it that that gives it that whole. Um, yeah, so energy body is more a way of relating, a way of, of, of seeing, a way of sensing. Does that make sense? That's not confining, maybe that's a way of putting it, it's not confining my experience <coughs> to the, just the range of the usual kind of sensations we have, or the usual ideas of the body. Yeah? So m- maybe that's a better way of saying it. It's a, it's a, way, of, of, a way of perceiving, a way of looking. Yeah? <coughs> astral body and all that yeah I mean you can have all kinds of experiences what the truth is about that you know I'm more more inclined to say the truth depends on how I'm looking at it and the divisions I make and and it's interesting when you get uh, and and kind of see different people's systems this system has four chakras that system has seven that system has nine that system has eight this one's red no no it's purple you know it's like it, it kind of goes to show that the way I'm looking at the body, what's going on conceptually, what's going on in my relationship to it, fabricates, constructs what's happening to it. Is that a problem? No. Um, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah? So, um, so I don't know the answers, if, if there even are any, other than it's a dependent arising. Um, do you feel like you need, and this is the first part of the question, do you feel like you need to know the answers to, to that, or... or like what's behind the question? It's it feels more like exploration at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and noticing yesterday, just particularly, okay, this is this sense of the body is is moving quite a lot yeah. with the breath, and it's very subtle. Yeah. While simultaneously, there's something going on here. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. So if we come back to that just in a second, um, the the problem thing and and what, how we can relate to it and work with it. Um, you said something very very lovely. It's like uh, it's an exploration. So what you what you're exploring is experience. So the experience. Now with that, there will be certain conceptions of what the energy body is. But explore. You know, I mean, what I would feel wary of is getting too stuck in one one kind of experience. I'm always dense, and I'm always focused on dukkha, or I'm always really wide because that's the cosmic consciousness, or, or, or you know whatever. It's it's like all these range of experiences are are available. Yeah, can it be related to the breath? Absolutely. So there's breath, and they talk about subtle breath, and that's all. You know, I could use those words interchangeably: breath body and energy body, subtle body. It's all it's all good. Or you can have an experience where the experience of the energy body and the perception of the energy body doesn't seem to have anything to do with the breath. You stop breathing, and you're you know you still there's all the vitality in your life. So, I I tend to be more fluid with with these kind of divisions, divisions, delineations, concepts. They're only useful insofar as they're useful, and, and they're not realities. So it's like you can pick pick up a delineation, create a delineation, and if it's helpful for you, go for it. Just don't get locked into it. If it's not helpful, leave it. But if you view the whole thing as an exploration of experience, which means perception. Yeah? And all reality is in the realm of experience and perception, which is bound up with ways of looking, dependent on ways... You understand? So if you view it that way, then... The, do, do you understand what I was getting at? It's like the, the conceptions are not kind of um, realities outside of you. Just, the whole thing is just in the service of, of exploration of experience. Either what's helpful, what, what eases dukkha, or what's soul-making. Or both, yeah. So, in terms of this um, thing that you're feeling, um, I don't know. Maybe we, ha- if we have time together, we can we can do, do a little bit, you know. But um, what I will say is, um, sometimes what happens is, um, let me work the other way around. So, so if it's pleasant out here, it depends on your intention. Okay. If if you want, if if my intention is to to have some samadhi, some well-being then our first port of call would be go to where it's pleasant, okay? In, in the stream of that intention, that's not the time to get entangled in the difficult, okay? So it's not the difficult is, is not, you're not ignoring it, but, but you're, give more attention and <coughs> nuzzle up and enjoy the pleasant. We ha- most people have a habit of getting pulled into the unpleasant in ways that are not that helpful. Okay, so first port of call, what you'll often find is that inclining the attention towards the pleasant and just again and again enjoying it, enjoying it, goes back to so just, just okay, let's just find the pleasant again and again. The, what, t- what can happen then is that the, the pleasant begins to wash over the unpleasant. It's the uns- subtly unskillful attention to the unpleasant that's keeping generating the unpleasant sometimes. You understand? So there's just one kind of... If you can incline the mind that way again and again in, in the moment, just very, very relaxed. You just Your job is just to find the pleasure and just subtly enjoy it and keep doing that. And sometimes you don't need to bother about this. It will it will blend blend over if the intention is towards samadhi. Yeah? Um, sometimes that, still within the intention towards samadhi, that doesn't help. So um, then you can see... Does this thing want to move in any way? 
Okay, now you mentioned restlessness and it seemed like it was a bit... So then you might get the sense, somehow it wants to, you know, could be go out the top of the head or out the throat or this way or... It's like, what does it want to do? And kind of allow it to do that. So the energy body is dependent on perception, it's a fabrication, that whole... Um, you can either imagine it do that or just kind of open, open it. Open the energy body to allow it to move how it wants to move. Do you, do you understand? Yeah. Do it as we're speaking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that's why I said if 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 it's still if you want we can because we're meeting anyway. So, so we, 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 yeah, it would be better one on one. Yeah, that's fine. So, but as a prince, when I'm talking to everyone as well, it's like. Y- 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 the en- you know, sometimes contraction, pain, these things are energetic. In energetic terms, they're just stuck energy. They want to move in a certain way, and we just need to al- help to allow them to move. So you can use your imagination, whatever. You can use the breath. So it's like, what, what is it? If it's here, you know, what is it then? Maybe it wants to breathe in and out this way, or in and out of back, or up and down and out through the head, or in through the head, or out through your parent. You know, whatever. There's some way of bringing the dynamism of the felt and imagined breath energy in into play with this and including it and that that allows it to move more yeah so it's the thing i say about samadhi is um anything goes anything if it works great <laughs> doesn't matter um we're just in the business of here's this field let's let's try and you know get some well-being without without uh, you know, struggling too much. So if it's the imagination, great. If it's a kind of more energetic thing, fantastic. Third possibility, still in the realm of the intention of samadhi, is, okay, those two didn't work, and then it's like, to go to this stuck place, contracted place, difficult place, and actually move into a mode of kind of hyper-allowing, okay? So it's unpleasant, and then I need to... This moment, I just completely open to that unpleasantness. I completely, you know, there's this kind of open, open, open. Yeah? Does that make sense? What's happening then is I'm entering into into a way of looking that that is, you know, minimal aversion. You understand? So I have to go 120% opening, allowing, welcoming to this thing. Because what's keeping it in place is the aversion. You, You understand? There's a subtle aversion to it. And also the concept of drowning. Yeah, with well that, that's why. And you know, I'm, I've never had something like that. But, but it's like maybe there's actual. You know, if you drown, there's a quite fearful sensation. Presuming maybe that is that caught up in it, or or do you actually feel like you're drowning in something or other? It, it's similar to um, practicing with you a few years ago, and and did shift then to um, actually then it was. Um, of hearing another teacher's voice, um, so that's an, an imaginable influence. Um, but yeah, it kind of it's like okay, there's very little oxygen moving, and there's lots of jerking around and contraction, and it's like the body doesn't really like this. Yeah. But this is kind of what's happening, and simultaneously, there's loveliness elsewhere. So it's kind of yeah, there's so many different kind of responses and things you could try. I mean, sometimes it's a matter of, um, you know, I mean, two more things we could say is like 
you know, caring for the being who feels like they're drowning. So it's like, you know, drop the I'm trying for samadhi stuff. It's like something needs care there, you know. And there's vulnerability and, and then, you know, breath is so primary. You know, if you feel like you can't get your breath. I mean, it's, you're not going to asphyxiate, I, I can tell you that. But, but still, that might be, might be not enough. So something needs some care there, you know, in, in terms of that experience. And that, in that way of approaching, you would more like, gently focus in on that and want to hold it. And not, it's not just the sensations, because you can kind of laser beam those unpleasant sensations with mindfulness. But we want also to care about <coughs> the person who feels like they're drowning. You understand? So it's not just sensations reduced from a person. It's sensations with the person, with the self. Yeah. Um, can I just? Is that okay? And um, no, maybe that's good. I mean, there's a lot of different things we could say, but but uh, how does that sound? I've got a lot to work with. I probably have to do some Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we'll hopefully meet, and, and we can we can actually play with it a little bit. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't want to step on what you just said, but I get similar kinds of feelings sometimes. And like what you said, I just kind of remind myself I'm not dying. And that sort of helps. You know, I get very short of breath sometimes, and it kind of jerks, and it's very shallow. And it's, it's sort of unpleasant, but I just, you know... Just figure I'm going to survive, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you. I mean, you can also, you know, use the breath to smooth the breath and soothe, you know. So so it's like, there's so many different possibilities, you know, it's, it's endless and from many different angles and moving in many different directions, but, but sometimes you can actually, as well as what Andrew said, you, you can actually use use the breath to smooth it out you know, smooth that out, and just, you have to be very gentle, very, you're not forcing anything, and if I'm coming from, come on, change this, it's like, it's really like, you're, you're just like, like you, like you would stroke a, you know, like, like a, like a, um, a cat or something that's wounded or, or something, it's just, it's really, really, you're just easing something with the breath, you know, with kindness and with the breath, and sometimes that can really, um, basically shift, shift the energy, you know, heal it, calm it, open it, all that. So there's there's a lot of possibilities. But, um, um, Andrea, yeah. Um, my question is kind of related to some post the other day about um, feeding the practice or leaning in a particular direction. So I've been noticing that um, I might be taking a breath that feels rather lovely, but is not necessarily desire. But I've been perceiving it as desire in the moment, um, which leads to more breaths or more currents that feel like eros, um, not necessarily with an image attached to them. Um, and then sometimes an image does come up as a result of um, a perceiving in that way. So the question was more around if there are ways of looking that allow more imaginal to come through, i.e. Um, the same with meta, of sometimes feeling the sun on your face and suddenly feeling that that's metta coming to you helped me lean into metta. And the question was, can you do that with desire, this um, perceiving lovely sensations 
that may not have that relationship um, as desired. I get the thing about the matter and the sun. Can, can you say the thing about the breath and the desire? and the, like, I'm not quite sure what the connection is. But, but yeah. Okay. Um, so you might suddenly take a breath in the hall uh-huh. that goes from the nostrils all the way down to the perineum mm-hmm. and feels wide and open and lovely. And um, there isn't an image in your mind at that moment. It's just the body opening. Um, But the next breath, the head's tilted back, and there's more sensuousness with the breath. It could be just um, words that you or Catherine uttered. Um, It suddenly sends the body into a little bit of a, ooh. and not necessarily an image, but a being into that sort of, ooh, um, having a momentum that would propel it. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, <laughs> let, me, let me try something if I understand. Um, so if we go back to the, the sunlight on the face, and sometimes one can feel that warmth and that light, or perceive it, but essentially it's an imaginal perception of the sun that's, that's fused with meta. All that's an imaginal constellation. Sun, skin, warmth, meta. These things, if, if, again, if you go to Newton Abbott High Street and say, do you know that the sun radiates loving kindness? Um, it's, not, it's not a usual you know, perception. So it's an imaginal perception. You understand? So um, so there's something that arises in, in a moment and then you can gently kind of encourage that or deliberately return to it at, at a different time. Yeah. So the same with um, the experience of body and breath, actually the experience of anything. So this is, you know, I, I was wondering, it's actually quite hard to articulate what is it that, um, cause, you know, we took, when we talk about intrapsychic images, for most people, that's relatively easy to understand. Some people have, they say, oh, I don't get any, because that's a different kind of thing. But when we talk about, like the other day, I said, this is an imaginal hat. Uh, it's not an imaginary hat. Actually, it's not imaginal, but it could be imaginal. But it, it's not imaginary in the sense that there is, you know, there's a thing here. Um, but it can be an imaginal hat. So it's quite hard to articulate what is it that moves the if you like, material perception of anything, in what is it that infuses it with the imaginal? And how do we make ourselves available to that? And, and um, how, how do we support that? You know? So a lot of the time, what happens is actually what, what you're describing already, we catch things on the breeze. We, we are in uh, a receptive mode, relatively speaking, and something a current just comes and a perception begins to open and we just ride it. So in time that gets more, you know, and dependent on a lot of conditions, that, that, that kind of receptivity and sensitivity gets more and more encouraged, yeah. But, but apart from that, it's actually quite hard to pinpoint what, what can we do in the moment to encourage that. So I think part of it, um, part of it is, is the listening to the poetry. There's something Catherine said or, or whatever. It's like there's ideas and words and other images function as kind of po- poetic, um, uh, 
you know, drops of, of some kind of poetic potion drop that, that goes into the mix and it just sparks an imaginal perception. Yeah? It's not just rapping, sometimes sound. Yeah, yeah. Could, yeah. Absolutely, could, it could be absolutely anything, exactly. Um, but something starts to function as a kind of poetic, sort of, you know, alchemical elixir thing. But um, how do we make that? What else is happening there? I, I, I don't, I haven't quite. You know, but I say a few things. There's a loosening that's happening. What's loosened? My ideas of what things are are loosened, of how things are. This is the logos. It, it, so that doesn't have to be a big deal, but it's just I've relaxed the idea that the sun is only a, a, a massive ball of hydrogen in fission or fusion or whatever the nuclear process is going on. You know, uh, it, it is that, but I've I've kind of relaxed my conceptual grip. I've also, to a certain extent, there's a bit more looseness in in the perception, so that the images can can move. You know, um, there's there's an inclusion of the energy body again. You know, this is like another aspect. Like the more the energy body is total and involved, the more um, openness there there will be to um, f- catching those currents. You know. Um, other aspects, um, there's this sense of something being bigger than, um, and sometimes that's hard to pinpoint. What is it that's bigger than? Um, but where there's a, there's this quality of humility and, and reverence, and the heart is involved with that. So all these all these aspects, um, you know, they arise together. I think I said this the other day, but but what it also means is that we can kind of loosen some of them or take care of some of them or come into a, a, an attitude of humility heartful humility and reverence and that will su- support that yeah and then sometimes what what can happen just practically is you've had that experience before and you just gently remember it and, and open and loosen in this way and it comes back and you can ride it again or, or open to it again or whatever words yeah but um, yeah it's actually quite hard to a, I, I would be again wary of formularizing it and coming up with a step one, you know, like that. Um, although I think there's something to that because there are certain things that go on that open that. But, it, but, you know, related to what Catherine was talking about and what, what we're saying, to, to me, that's a principal direction that we're going in. So sometimes people, I want an image, or they hear about someone else's image, some fantastical monster that arose in the meditation and all this stuff happened with saying to someone it's got nine heads and it's purple and this green flame comes out of its mouth and it's like, that's an image. Um, and yeah, great, you know, and it might be really meaningful. The test is in the soul making. But more, even more important than that, for me, I think where we're going is, um, and, and some people will start there, is in the world being... Imaginally alive, imaginally perceived, having this dimensionality, opening up <coughs> sacredness. So um, that's a really important. You know what you're asking is really important. It's like how to how to support that. Does that is that yeah okay good thank you. Um, oh yes, Rachel. Sorry. <coughs> um, <coughs> so working with some images. that if I'm in a sort of a receptive mode, it feels like the image comes, it's very beautiful, it definitely feels like I'm in the realm of the imaginal. And then it sort of 
practice sometimes deliver its message in a way it feels like it's sort of delivered an insight or delivered something important to me. And then it feels like it goes quickly and then flickering quickly comes the next image. And so it feels like it's, if I'm in the receptive mode, it feels like it's quite flickery and quite sort of juddery. Um, so in a way I'm feeling like there's more to find in each image. But if I, if I go there, I feel a bit like I'm pushing it or trying to ring something If out. you go where? If I sort of try to stay with an image, if I say, well, I'll stay with this a bit longer, it feels like there's sort of slight ringing, like I'm sort of, it's, it's offered up, up. And if I receive that, then the next thing's coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm, if I'm understood, so correct me if I'm, if I'm um, so Rachel's asking that, um, Sometimes those images come up and definitely get the feeling that it's very lovely and there's the, there's the quality of the imaginal and you recognise all that. And then sometimes what happens is an image delivers its message. Yeah. Okay. It's, 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 it's given it's, it's sort of yeah. Up its yeah. Okay. So the image it feels like at some point the the, the image has conveyed or communicated mm-hmm. um, whatever it was, how, however it did that. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is it just goes away, and and then another image comes. <coughs> is this process process happening like super quickly, or or it could take any kind of rhythm? Yeah, not necessarily. <coughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So and then when you feel like you try and hang on to the image, it feels um, a little what forced, contracted. Yeah, it feels like the sacredness is falling yeah. away. Yeah, okay. So how, if, so when, when, when she tries to hold on to it, it feels like the sacredness is falling away. How about, um, so I wonder if I'm trying to hold on to this image because either I think I should or because there might be something else it has to tell me or, or uh, in, in other words, why am I trying to hold on to it? You know, it might be that the intention is is making a difference and making it feels draining the sacredness out of it. Is it possible? <coughs> I don't know, but it might be. Is it possible to actually start with the sense of sacredness, and that the sense of sacredness is not exhausted by the by the message that you've already got? Do, do you, yeah. So it it might be that. Um, so this is what happens if we. <coughs> If, if you think of an image like a person, then the person could rightfully feel insulted and not respected if if you just view them in they're there to give me this and, <laughs> and then when that's done they can you know <laughs> um, it, it's like if we if we if there's a way of entertaining the sense of like the image is inexhaustible, that message was important and part of it, but it's not it doesn't exhaust the image. And and the sacredness is always bigger than that than that message, yeah. And so, if I don't know if this is possible, if there's a way of like, um, kind of just really what's happening is we're granting an image its sacredness. We're just entering into that posture, that relationship with it, and seeing what that does, which is a different thing than trying to make it stay. You, you know, so it's, it's so m- maybe it's. If that's possible, that's different. Then, if it goes, it goes. If it doesn't, but I'm not. I'm not entering into sort of um, what is the word? Catherine says I get my English wrong. Utilitarian. U- U- utilitarian. Mm-hmm. Utilitarian. <laughs> utilitarian is like a religion. Isn't it? <laughs> anyway, whatever. Um, um, I'm not. I'm not just like what can this? G- g- you know, um, wh- if I if I reduce an image to one meaning or one communication, um, it dies. Um, 
so so it's like just entering into a, a kind of relationship and an attitude that doesn't do that. But is this potentially relevant or not? You don't look. Yeah. I mean, I feel like on some way I get that, and in a way that's why I'm sort of opening, you know, wanting to open to it. But I think it's that I don't want to reduce the message to mm-hmm. one message, like give me the message and go. You know, right. I feel like I'm oh. To open to okay. Yeah, but but maybe it's like getting away from the whole message idea. Is that is that part of it? It's like more just being in relationship. Well, what about just loving it? What about just hanging out? Um, what about... Um, yeah, just what does relationship mean? What can relationship mean? Like... Uh, it's a it's a different um, it's a different relationship with the relationship, you know. Um, it it might be it, the part of that might be a sense of like letting, someone asked the other day I can't remember, but it's it's like actually there's there's a kind of obvious thing there, and then there's maybe more subtle. Let's call them communications, but they might not be messages or instructions or insights or whatever. There's a there's a, a rapport, a back and forth, a, a communication in the broader sense of the word, from the image to you, from you to the image, and some of that stuff is really much more subtle. So it might be a matter of just kind of quietening and taking the pressure off and just attuning more, you know. Um, and having said all that, you know, some images do just come and go. Sometimes it's just the, the restless mind. Sometimes it's just the nature of things. And it, it depends on on a lot, you know. So sometimes, you know, you're you're skidding around, and images are moving very fast. And you think, is this significant? Is that significant? Not sure. And then and then one becomes meaningful, you know, or, or more kind of long lived. Um, but it, but it might be it might be a matter of um, if if I if I grant it that sacredness and that mourners then then maybe it's a matter of be, being a little you know just if I can ease myself into more sensitivity with that without grasping at it I feel like I'm not. So, um, yes, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe let's just, I think it's in that ballpark, so, so if, yeah, and you just see what, what comes with that. Yeah. Uh, Andy, so, oh, sorry, let me move it to Sorry, So, on this retreat and the last one, all the images that come up for me tend to be violently compassionate towards particular blocks in the energy body. Violently compassionate. Yeah, either very violent or compassionate. Oh, violent. Always, always a mixture of the two. There's always some sort of violent compassion. Um, I'm just wondering whether this is a version pressed up as a cop. That's a great question. It's like 
how, how does it feel? Well, there's, there's some um, <coughs> release, there's some, you know, some pity sometimes, some openness, but nothing, um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't completely unblock that block. And how do you feel that it, how do you feel when it doesn't unblock the blockage? Um, I suppose there's still a yearning. Yeah, so let me just help me. Yeah, Yeah, beautiful. So, so, um, let me just try and feel that. So, Annie's saying both on this retreat and the last retreat, a lot of the images that come up are in relation to what feels blocked in the body and a kind of violent compassion that comes up as an image in, in relation to that, a mixture of violence and compassion. And you're wondering whether that's actually a version dressed up as a god, so to speak. Um, so asking, well, how do you feel? And it doesn't actually, how does it feel? And so it doesn't actually unblock it. <coughs> so it, there's two parts to your answer, but one, one part was, how does it feel? And the answer you gave was, what happened to the block? Which, which isn't, it's only a partial answer to how does it feel? Because, um, you know, there's still yearning, longing. Some, there's some, I would look more at those kind of emotions and include that, them more and be with them more. So something, this is a really important principle. You know, sometimes it's right in the emotional, not just the physical difficulty, but the emotional kind of sense of, I really want this to go, what, whatever it is, and help me, as you said. Help me is already um, something there. But often the image would have the same pain as well. So there would be kind of compassion uh, uh, Okay, so, so there's something in that. Rather than... I'm using this to get rid of the block. So there's something to me. It's hard sitting there in meditation when the body's aching and contracts. You know, I, I really know that. So, um, but but very easy. We can make that the point, um, as opposed to the bigger de- something devotional and uh, heartful and um, soul making is 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 around already in the field. But but there's a way of shrinking the attention that it. You, you understand? So is it? A version dressed up as a god. I mean, it might be, but I would. Um, it sounds like there's a version in there, but it, it's not only that. And I can tell from what you're answering. So it's more like opening up that level, that kind of um, corona around, around the whole thing. That's that sounds like, and it's through the, you know, the emotions there, and and that relationship, and as you say, the image, reflecting it, etc. And, and that might might be really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a question sort of wondering, and it's kind of about samadhi fabrication and the imaginal. And so, for my own practice, it's been predominantly samadhi. And of course, so, you know, the samadhi deepens, things kind of just descend into a mush. There's a distinction, there's a complexity, things are less fabricated. So, in that kind of state, I can't really resurrect the imaginal image. So, <clears throat> I've kind of been sh- just doing imaginal practice, like, not in my sitting practice, just kind of wandering around in my day-to-day life. And that's what it kind of feels like. It kind of feels like day-to-day life, but with an artistic lens or something like that. But I kind of have this wondering, does it, does it also get more subtle? Does it kind of have that same kind of thread that Samadhi does where it gets more subtle and there is a concentration element to it? Because, you know, if I take it into my meditation practice, I'm not, I don't have a problem with fabrication or agitation. I live my life that way a lot of the time. But, you know, it, 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 you know, I'd kind of rather be doing samadhi if I'm sitting there. You know what I mean? 
Does imaginal practice get stiller and more subtle? Yeah, and more subtle, and does it get more subtle in the same way so that everything becomes a bit stiller? Yeah, so um, I I would say yes, okay. But I would also say, um, and I think I said it in here the other day, I can't can't remember, but it's like when you do imaginal practice, generally speaking, and, you know, uh, just with Andy, but it's like, generally speaking, there's some release or opening or harmonization in the energy well, it comes with the image mm-hmm. that, that, that is your indicator that you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there might be agitation in the sense of excitement, etc., mm-hmm. but, um, but something in the energy well, you know, PT is also agitated. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's not so much the presence of agitation as the presence of some kind of har- harmonizing in in the body. Um, that reminds me of something else to say to Lawrence. But, um, but uh, so, so what you get as you do imaginal practice is like at any point there's this possibility of just leaning more into the samadhi, leaning more into the energetic quality of what's going on and enjoying that and opening to that, and and it takes you into into more samadhi. So you're kind of letting the image go to, to some extent. You can, you can, eventually you can kind of play with the different emphases of attention. So it could give um, very little attention to the, what's happening in the energy body, or most of the attention to what's happening in the energy body, or most of the attention to the image, or most of the attention to the emotion that's happening. So there's, there's all these facets of experience, and you can kind of, with practice, you can kind of decide where to lean at any time. So imaginal practice can absolutely take you to different levels of samadhi, just by virtue of staying in touch with what's happening with the energy body, and then at any point just kind of peeling off into that, focusing on that, if, if you want to. But there's also a way that images, as, as the whole thing matures, I think, I think get a little more subtle, like most practice. You know? um, going back to what you said at first, you know, it, so with sam- samadhi is a movement of less fabricating, mm-hmm. yeah? When you're doing imaginal practice, you're fabricating, yeah. okay? And um, what can happen, though, is there's a, there's a kind of settling in samadhi, and you can go deep as you want and hang out in that if, if that's what you like to do, and whatever, that's fine. Then at some point, you can kind of just just come up a little bit, so to speak, just just loosen the whole thing a little bit. And and what will have happened in that plunge is the the psyche has got loosened, and it can be a place where images are born. If I'm right down there in the stillness or whatever it is, I'm really in a state of non-fabrication. And actually, all fabrication is all perception is fabricated, less worldly, bodily, and imaginal. But if I if I it's like that's a kind of plunge that that then I come up a little bit, and the whole thing's looser, and then more imaginal stuff can come if you want. Does that sound okay? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do, do you want to say something about fabrication tonight? No, it was about. Um, yeah, it was about um, with with Lawrence. You know, um, this 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 energy here that feels this is quite common. Pete, what we just said with Iona, PT can feel actually unpleasant at times. It's, I define it as pleasantness, really, as non-sensually arising pleasantness. But um, 
for a lot of people um, at different stages in their sort of exploration of samadhi, PT actually feels unpleasant. It's too agitating, or it's too coarse, or. Yeah, yeah, very common. And for a lot of people who've tasted more of the calmer end of samadhi, after you come, what, what you become, what I call a PT snob. something that you would have given your right arm for you know a couple of years ago this bliss now becomes Uh, or it's actually unpleasant and and we sort of have to find a relationship with it that allows it to be pleasant again part of that is the allowing so it's like um, allowing and tuning into there is some if it is what it might be there is some enjoyment there and I've just gotten into a relationship with it where I, I tune to the unpleasant and the very resistance to it is, is fabricating it as unpleasant if I can open to it and just, just find the pleasure find the pleasure it actually starts fabricating as, as, as pleasant um, so this, this if it's I'm actually not sure maybe when we get together more I can get the sense but, it's like, but if it is that that's actually quite common it's actually, it's actually very common at different stages. So, it's again, everything depends on the relationship. Everything, similar to what Rachel asked, everything depends on the relationship. Um, the relationship conditions, fabricates, shapes, guides what unfolds. Body, world, emotion, mind, Im- image, energy, all of it. Yeah. So, so that there's. Yeah. But anyway, that's a general. Let's have a bit of quiet. <clears throat> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.